Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Joining us to analyze the latest market actions is Ryan Huang. Good morning, Ryan. Good morning, Dan. How are you doing today? Doing fine so far. It's a short work week, so I'm certainly looking forward to Thursday. Well, anyways, let's get started. The US Congress is set to vote on the legislation as early as tomorrow. And, you know, lawmakers have not signaled yet that they intended to return to the Capitol Hill early to work on the deal. And, in fact, both Republican and Democratic support is needed for the bill to agree, the bill agreement to pass. And amidst this turmoil, one strategist is saying that investors may be able to find a market opportunity. What investing opportunities are we looking at here, Ryan? Yeah, so with the expectations that the Treasury in time to come will need to replenish coffers, they will need to come up with bonds mm. to attract more money. So this is expected to see Treasury bonds with higher yields. So one of the investment opportunities that some of them are watching out for is for them to buy bonds and lock in some of the higher yields. So that's one of the more obvious plays. Uh, but otherwise, it is uh, going to be a nervous time for markets as they look at tomorrow's vote for the proposal to be passed through Congress. And of course, already quite a bit of pushback. Um, we did get that short-term relief rally, but mm. beyond that, it's tough to see if that has enough momentum to carry on. Yeah, interesting. In fact, the optimism that a deal ceiling a debt ceiling deal was near and hefty gains in AI-related stocks actually helped the S&P 500 close at its highest level since August 2022, last Friday. You know, Chief Global Strategist at LPL Financial, Quincy Crosby, she said that among the market sectors that stand to benefit from a deal are defence stocks, which have relatively lagged during the negotiations as well as cyclical sectors of the market and energy stocks as well. But market participants are also wary of how proposed spending caps will impact specific sectors as well as the broader U.S. economy. In fact, the brinkmanship in Washington could also prompt rating agencies to downgrade the U.S. debt. And just last Wednesday, ratings agency Fitch, they put the United States on credit watch for a possible downgrade, while the DBRS Morningstar on Thursday placed the U.S. credit ratings under review with quote-unquote negative implications. So, Ryan, what are the risks of uh, U.S. credit rating downgrading and what implications can we expect? Well, for the U.S. or for any country to, to get a downgrade, it doesn't look good in terms of optics. And if you look at implications, theoretically, it will make the cost of borrowing higher for any country with a lower rating. Mm. But it's the U.S. that we are talking about here. So, overall... One notch down is not going to be a huge impact in the long term. Uh, it's worth noting back in 2011, we did get a downgrade and this came through from Standard & Poor's. Previously, they had a AAA rating from S&P. Mm. And because of all the back and forth and the standoff around the debt ceiling situation back then, in 2011, that saw S&P downgrading them to AA plus from AAA. So it's not unprecedented for a ratings agency to downgrade the US. And also their decision back then was because of the bickering between the, the Democrats and the Republicans mm. and how the administration has um, become so polarized and they were also 
worried about the rising trajectory of debt. So that has actually played out correctly to um, their 2011 expectations. So on both counts, they believe they made the right call. So not out of the woods when it comes to a potential downgrade. As you mentioned, Fitch is already putting it on watch. Uh, mm. But of course, back then in 2011, they were much closer to um, not agreeing to anything. It was a more difficult situation when it came to the discussion table. Yeah, very interesting. In fact, uh, back in 2011, the S&P Global Ratings, they stripped the United States of its coveted top rating over a debt ceiling showdown. And, you know, this actually saw a decline in U.S. stocks that saw some S&P 500 lose about 17% between late July and the mid-August of 2011. So uh, I guess we could expect some volatility in the markets, but that remains to be seen. So we'll watch very closely on that in the coming weeks. But of course, next on our agenda, we've got the world's most valuable chip maker making headlines again. And that's none other than NVIDIA, who has just unveiled more AI products after its $184 billion rally. Ryan, can you walk us through the details of CEO Jensen Huang's two-hour presentation in Taiwan yesterday? Yeah, so this is worth noting. More AI products from one of the AI beneficiaries. Already we saw quite a huge rally in the past few weeks for NVIDIA Mm. and maybe more to come because they have some exciting stuff that they rolled out. And I am looking at a couple of things that really stand out. And this is across a wide range of areas. Mm. Robotics, gaming, advertising, and networking technologies. And if you look at what's playing out in advertising, they have a partnership with WPP, the advertising giant, and they will use AI and the metaverse to lower the cost of producing advertising. So using NVIDIA's Omniverse technology to create what they call virtual twins of products Mm. so that if you have an advertisement, it can be manipulated to customize future changes and avoid the need to reshoot the advertisement. So that, you can imagine, will open up the possibility for cost savings. If you have something that runs every year, you don't have to get everybody back in the studio. You just have to change a few things and AI will take care of the rest. Another interesting one is gaming. I'm sure you're quite familiar with what NPCs are, Mm. non-playable characters. So typically, when you talk to these NPCs, they will give you a bit of a scripted response. It's very rigid. It's Mm. very repetitive in some cases. But guess what? With AI, they could become more natural responding to what you say and pretty much becoming more organic in a sense. So that's the future potentially of gaming and that could be a game changer, so to speak. And another area is in robotics where they are helping other companies to build their own robots, especially in the heavy industries. So they are rolling out a new robotics platform. There's Mm. also a networking offering. So one of the biggest bottlenecks, as you imagine, is data being transferred back and forth to compute and crunch what's needed for AI. This is all happening in the data centers. So they have come up with a networking system called Spectrum X, Mm. and this will help resolve some of these bottlenecks and turbocharge the networking speed. And looking at another area, we talked about quite a few things already. And on top of that, they have an 
AI supercomputer platform called DGXGH200. So this <laughs> is going to help more companies create more chat GPTs. Mm. Effectively, they want to give people all these platforms so that they will get hooked on NVIDIA products and stay within the ecosystem. Man, uh, that's, it's a lot to, to take in, I have to say. In fact, you know, even Huang has also said that it's too much, you know, uh, and he agrees that there's been a lot of uh, a lineup, a wide-ranging lineups, you know, from the likes of new robotics design, gaming capabilities, advertising services, and networking technology. Funny to see how this, uh, in fact, it's very interesting to see how this company, which original business was selling graphics cards to gamers, is expanding so quickly. And, you know, in fact, um, just last week, Huang also gave a stunning sales forecast for the current quarter, almost $4 billion above analysts' estimates and fueled, of course, by the demand for data center chips that handle AI tasks. And that actually sent the stock to a record high and put NVIDIA on the brink of a $1 trillion valuation. And that's a first for the chip industry. Now, Ryan, does this suggest that NVIDIA is a clear winner in the AI race. Well, there is a strong argument for it, right? You talk about how it was a huge player in gaming. Mm. That's because it um, has GPUs or graphics processing cards for some of these computers. And as you imagine, gaming requires very intensive um, crunching of data. Yeah. So this is now being used for AI. Previously, it was used actually for cryptocurrency mining mm. and now you have a new case for it with AI so NVIDIA has some of the more advanced equipment for um, AI right now and they seem to be leading the pack ahead of the curve of their rivals or AMD so there is a strong fundamental story playing out for NVIDIA mm. so I guess the question is whether you have the appetite for it right now because their share prices have run up quite a bit in the past yeah. week Mm. Yeah, certainly a little bit pricey now, but uh, we'll watch very closely on how it, its price moves over the next few days. Now, let's take it back at home. One company is making headlines, and that is digital bank Trust Bank. They've recently announced that the bank has breached the $1 billion mark in deposits in early May, with 500,000 customers signed up. Now, Ryan, what's fueling this growth, and can they become the fourth largest retail bank in Singapore? Well, they're definitely on track because they've been getting so much momentum. And I think one of the popular reasons is uh, all the freebies they've been mm. getting or giving out. Right, If you sign up, you get a sack of free rice. If you get uh, into the vouchers that they give out every week, sometimes mm. you get potato chips and, of course, a lot of discounts along the way. And it all comes down to the synergies with Fair Price, which is a huge supermarket chain and really touches a lot of um, potential customers. Yeah. So that's one part of the area uh, that they are tapping on very successfully. Uh, looking at what else is also doing well for them, um, there is an area that they are tapping on, which is some of the customers that have gotten through by referrals. So mm. more than 70% of the customers have come through referrals. A lot of them are actually credit card users as well. And they clock in 15 credit card transactions per month. So that's also helping a bit of cross-selling in a sense that you know, these credit card users then become deposit owners or deposit account owners. And the other part that's interesting is how trust has so far not cannibalized 
the parent standard chartered customers. Mm, interesting. They are one of the joint venture partners. So less than 5% of customers at standard chart move over to trust. So it seems like they are quite happy with that because Stanchart is less focused on retail in Singapore. So mm. Trust is helping to capture that part of the business. Yeah, very interesting on uh, Trust's bank because, uh, you know, the CEO have also stepped up to say that the, you know, the deepening customer relationship and, you know, the lack of, uh, it's not, they're not, the lack of focus on one targeting, you know, the high network individuals and just catered for the average Singaporean helps it to reach its profitability and achieve its path towards profitability, in fact. So, yes, good news for Trust Bank. Now, we're going to play a game of up or down and if you're a regular on the show, you'll be familiar with this. I'll pick a stock or a topic and you'll guess whether it's going to be an up or a down. Ryan. Are you ready? Let's go. First one on the list, we've got Baidu. All right, it's an up for me because they are making progress on the Ernie bot, which is their version of ChatGPT. Mm. So that is reviving interest in the company's stock. So that is helping with an AI boost for its stock price. Yeah, I'm going to go with an up for Baidu as well. The latest development, if successful, could add an impetus to the shares and help the firm ride on a renewed global AI frenzy after NVIDIA's surprisingly strong revenue forecast. That's going to be an up for me for Baidu. Let's move on to the next one, General Motors. Okay, this is going to be an up for me because they have secured financial support for an electric vehicle battery plant in Quebec, in Mm. Canada. So that's going to be an up which will help them with their supply chain. Yes, GM is going to be an up for me as well. Now let's take it back home. We've got SIA Engineering. Okay, SIA Engineering is an up for me and it is debuting a new transformation phase. Hmm. And this comes as it reports revenue and flights are now at 80% pre-COVID levels. So it is looking forward to more recovery in the market and they are taking what's dubbed the continuous improvement journey Mm. and a couple of organization changes will help position itself for the future. Yeah, strong transformation efforts here. I'm going to go with an up for SIA Engineering. Let's move on to the next one. We've got Curry Puff Maker, Old Chunky. Yes, that familiar stall with the yellow signboard. Hmm. So it's an up for me because the second half net profit is up 52.6%. Wow. And this is $3.5 million on higher sales. So more people are buying Old Chunky. Yeah, I think people are loving the Curry Puffs. I'm going to go with an up for this one, 52.6%. Net profit for the second half of the year ended March the 31st. So, we've got the last on the list. Let's move on over to luxury watch retailer Cortina. It's going to be a down for me. So, Cortina is reporting an 11% drop in its net profit for the second half of the year. Mm. And this is weighed down by a one-off right back. And this is overall a down because it is also citing higher rental expenses with its new store as well as charitable donations for its 50th anniversary. So expenses are up 2.3%. Yeah, the company also noted that the uncertain global economic outlook is likely to negatively affect consumer sentiment and business conditions have also 
look to become more challenging. So Cortina looks like it's going to be a down for me for now. Now, back at home, we're currently about 23 minutes into the local trading day. And just yesterday, the Straits Times Index closed lower by 0.4% to end of the day at 3,195 points. All right. Thank you so much, as always, Ryan, for this comprehensive breakdown of the latest market actions. We'll catch you again tomorrow. Meanwhile, continue to keep it right here with us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.